0: Hello, ramblers. The FA Cup failed to tickle our fancy, but luckily Neil Warnock has. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the tenth of February. I'm Jules Breach.
1: I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vedushan
0: Hello, you too. Nice Hello. to see both of your faces. I do love the fact that we now have each other on Zoom in these weird times, because I get to see um get to see all your expressions and get to see your lovely face, Luke. It's been ages.
2: Yeah, that's patronising to a man of my age. Saying uh, <laughs> my face is lovely. We all know what my face is like. Get used to it. It's one of those things. Um, the edges get more blurred as you get older, and now <laughs> it just looks like someone's left some melted cheese on the kitchen side. But thank you anyway. I appreciate it. Fish, you still look absolutely. Absolutely splendid if you don't mind me saying
1: that's very kind of you I had a really scraggly um, grey beard and I thought I'd trim it because
0: I thought something looked different
1: yeah well you do enough shows with Jim Campbell you're going to get self-conscious aren't you oh, so big I time. thought I've, uh, I've got, got, got up my game here a little bit I hang on a
0: minute I hang on a, wait so wait okay. can I just get this straight is Jim Campbell the hunk of
2: the ramble Jules have you not seen the the absolute like level that Jim is at now it's unbelievable he's enjoying his <laughs> golden working period out? yeah
0: I haven't seen it. When was the last time I did a ramble with Jim? It's been a couple of we did, weeks. Like,
1: we did last Thursday, yeah. You oh, could, yeah. You, you could take your eyes off him. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> Acting up now. Has
0: he got some guns on him?
2: Uh, I won't go that far. I don't want to speak on behalf of him. This isn't Jim's show. Jim's, Jim's back on tomorrow, so he will f- we can maybe interrogate him <laughs> further tomorrow, but um, he is definitely enjoying... I mean, he's basically the Rambles AVB now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, that is true.
1: And that also, true. I'd, I'd like to continue talking to, talking about him because I... You know, having only known Jim for, so it's coming up to a year now. Actually, um, I know how uncomfortable this will be making him feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd also like to say he's got like a he's a really good clothes horse, isn't he? He's got yeah. shoulders and and a chest and arms. He's going yeah. well.
2: <laughs> um, I think. By the way, I have got my days confused. I think Jim's back on Friday, not tomorrow. I keep for some oh reason. God,
0: Luke. The one day, thing you are meant to be good at is all the admin stuff. Have I? No, at least get that right.
2: No, you've misunderstood that. What I've done is I've become good at telling everyone else what to do and letting them <laughs> do the admin. It's not the same thing. It's a very subtle difference there. Uh, but Jim's back on Friday. I've been re- I've been reliably informed. So he'll be participating in Luke's game um, in a non-title bout this week because Andy, of course, took the title from Marcus last week. So, ah, <laughs> slow. Um, I know, gutted. He was absolutely gutted, Marcus, bless him. But there we go. Um, yeah, anyway, carry on. Sorry, and, Jules. And by, by the
0: way, speaking of Luke's game fire in the belly was mentioned in the man united game last it's night taken did off. you notice that it's jermaine genus on commentary he's, he used your words luke no, fire like, no, in is the he belly. still stealing
1: from the ramble jermaine <laughs> yeah he,
2: he stole he stole pete's game but he didn't but he didn't say the whole thing so the whole thing comes from um, big pav um Chairman and former player and manager of Catholic United, um, it was his. It's his saying, and I just kind of stole it, basically. But no ones that I've seen on um, on proper proper broadcasting, if we're not going to call this proper broadcasting, <laughs> has used the term "firing the belly head in the freezer" in its entirety, George So no. firing the. So I'm like Michael Buffer, who's, who's, who's copywriter. Let's get ready to rumble. Like <laughs> you can't say that now. <laughs> without his permission, I'd like to cover up the whole thing, but it still would mean that Genus can say the first bit if he's not going to do the whole right. thing. But uh, right. so it's not a proper tribute, I don't think.
0: No, not quite. But it was probably one of the only things out of last night's FA Cup win for Man United against West Ham that actually got me quite excited because yeah. as a whole, Vish... Um, It pretty much sent me to sleep, I'm not going to lie. And when it got to that point in the game where I thought this is going to extra time, I was like, please don't do this to us. Why are you doing this to us? Just someone, please score. I didn't care who won. I was like, just someone (laughs) score before the 90th minute. And then it goes to extra time. And the worst thing about extra time is when someone then scores really early in extra time. Do you think, couldn't you have done Mm. that like seven minutes earlier? George, I think we should hold Vish personally
2: responsible for this. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I do. I do. I'm very
0: angry because you know why? Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's staring at me from the background of Vish's camera right now. And it's, you know, come on, Oli, you could have done better.
1: I think we've all got an Oli looking over us, to be fair. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there was a point when, you know, when Craig Dawson has that header at the end of 90 Minutes... I know yeah. people have misery hedges on their own team, you know, where they might bet on the opposition, but as he rose for that, I was like, if this went in, it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> and I thought like, you know, there's been a lot of political wrangling around the, um, around the BBC. And I thought, actually don't defund the BBC, defund the FA Cup, defund, <laughs> defund Manchester United, defund West Ham, defund the people responsible for-, for putting on that shower. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously pretty happy with the result. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a very weird performance. United have scored 13 goals in the last three games and, you know, haven't been very convincing in the last two, which is which is pretty strange. Um, yeah. I
2: found, I found that, um, I
1: mean, I, I would have had a lot more respect for the whole
2: foul jamboree <laughs> if um, everyone just admitted they didn't want to be there. You know, there's, there's, there's a few things that happened which made it clear that no-one wanted to be there, right? And I'll tell you what they were. The performances of both teams, that's first point of call, right? The fact that Gary Linnicka didn't even know if it was going to extra time or not, right? He hadn't bothered reading the, the notes to know what was happening. And then when Jermaine this was asked to pick a out of the match, it's the first time I've ever heard a, a commentator go, oh, uh, he just didn't want to do it. No. He, he, he goes, I suppose I'll have to give it to Harry Maguire. And what happened there was... Harry Maguire just appeared in the camera shot at the same time. He said, yeah, I'll pick him. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, can, um,
0: I can add to that list, Luke. The, o- the other thing that happened was that even Ian Wright, who was part of BBC broadcast team, one of the pundits... Was so cold and clearly so bored that he decided to just wave at the players as they were walking off the pitch. Yeah, and none of them were waving back at him, and it became this ongoing joke throughout the broadcast. So then it happened again at halftime and post match as well. And Wrighty was just still trying to wave at the didn't players. Didn't he get Mark Noble to get I, think, I think Mark Noble waved back eventually, yeah. didn't yeah. he?
1: Yeah. yeah. Imagine that he's like the, he's like the most one of the most infectious pundits out there, and even he was kind of reduced to waving at people. We broke Ian Wright. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a proper writing. measure because
2: right. he's excited about everything usually. Yeah, and, and can I can I ask a question of you, Vish? Because uh, this is something that has crept up on me. I don't think it's been mentioned on the ramble so far this week, and forgive me if it has, but I certainly haven't heard it. Um, is that why have Man United fans started calling Scott muck sauce'?
0: Yeah, I've been confused by that. I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, yeah. I, I was like, what? Where's this come from? And then I saw his his eyeballs and his mouth in like a, a hot sauce, and I was really confused. <laughs> what? Yeah, Yeah. as in like someone had put his face in a bowl of hot sauce and I don't know where this has come from.
1: So it started as something that was ironic pretty much because he's one of those players who looks a bit flash and then certainly when he started, he was just running around a bit like a headless chicken. And it, it was just a joke that kind of really passionate United fans on social media came up with. And then he started playing well and it kind of gained a bit more traction. And then he had that game against Manchester City last season. Um, what was it? Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I think where, uh, you know, he scores that goal from 40 yards with Edison boots the ball out to him. Mm-hmm. And it kind of snowballed again from there as well. And then obviously the Leeds game this season where he, you know, suddenly turned into Figo. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just been one of those online phenomenons. that's just run and run and run. I know that, um,
2: McDominate is a is a kind of a catchy <laughs> nickname because it actually sounds good. Like I don't, I just don't know where the McSauce connection comes from.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no real kind of fl- like flow to it, is there? Because no. it doesn't sound anything like his name apart from the the tiny MC bit.
1: Yeah, well, so, well, is like. Allen to Maximum has sauce, you know. Yeah, I, I know um, what yeah. sauce is, but I'm yeah, not that okay. old. No, no, so, so that's... <laughs>
0: Let's teach Luke what's cool. Yeah. What does sauce mean? Yeah, listen,
2: mate, if I want advice from you, it won't be about being cool. Trust me on that, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> be about cricket. It's, but it was. Uh... <laughs> that, is a, that is fair, actually, yeah. But, a, but like, in that way, like he, he's not a saucy player, is he? So no, like, in that it's way, is,
2: yeah. Um... Is he the, he's not the least sauciest player in the Prem, though. I wouldn't no, say. Who would be the least no, you, you look at you're looking at your proper common or garden muck and bullet centre backs. If you're going to give an ironic name, my point is it's not ironic ben enough me. because he does. Yeah, because <laughs> Tomane does do some good stuff. So like it's not it's not ironic enough, which I think is why it confused <laughs> me. But anyway, he was a difference last night, wasn't he? He did his bit last night.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of He's it was quite another... a few goals
0: this season, hasn't he? Was that his seventh? Don't
1: encourage it? that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think it um, was his 7th, yeah. I I couldn't help but come away from that game and just feel once more feel sorry for Donny van der Beek. Oh, <laughs> his yeah. face his yeah. face was brutal for It was like, you know when you're at a party and you're you might you know you know your parents are going to show up one time and you see them you're like, okay, this is the end, isn't it? Like this is done all my yeah. fun and Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite I feel yeah, just feel quite bad for him because he just doesn't really know where he fits in in the system. Like there were a few times last night where he was open and because United played quite chaotically, like he wasn't really found and, you know, Fred's quite a bad passer as well. And it, like, it seemed like they were all at a silent disco together and everyone else is listening to DMX and he's got like a Freakonomics <laughs> podcast on the go. Just totally, <laughs> totally on a different wavelength to everyone else. And that's not necessarily a criticism of him, nor is it a criticism of the rest of the players because they just haven't been able to get used to him because of playing time.
0: He must be so pissed off though, because he feels like, all right, I've got my start today. I'm going to make the most of this. Mm. And he doesn't really do anything wrong, does he, Vish? Like when he's, he doesn't, he's not bad in any way. Like there's nothing that he's done wrong in a Man United shirt. He's just not been effective enough. And then as soon as you see bloody Bruno Fernandes warming up, he's probably just like, for God's sake, like when am I going to get a full 90 minutes and be able to actually do something here, Luke?
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think... <laughs> Look, I, it's it's also an interesting situation because i i think it depends what you think of van der beek's position as being his best position because last night he played what and just behind Martial in that three behind the striker mm. and obviously he's ineffective and look i would i would i would say and this is might this might get me some pelters but nothing else is new Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Declan Rice is a fantastic football player. He's having a brilliant season and he can do everything. And I actually think even though people talk about him a lot, he's quite underrated, Declan Rice. I mean, he can do everything. And if he's matched up against him, if he's not been playing much and it's an FA Cup game where the energy levels are low, um, it's going to be difficult to have an impact, particularly with the, the, the start he's had to his main United career and all the other kind of excuses that can come along, which do count for to every player, like a pandemic or you know, whatever. But he has moved to a new country. He has done it amid all this madness. And so I would say the chips are stacked against him from the very start anyway. So it's perhaps not hugely surprising. But on the other hand, I wonder really, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, where he was most effective for Ajax. But I don't think it was in that position he played last night. So, and then you've got Fernandes there, who's just a massive shadow. I and mean, he's the most important player at the club, really. So... Yeah. It's a bit of a perfect storm for him. I don't think it makes him a bad player. I don't think that um, it's been a poor signing per se because of what's happened. You know, it, we could be looking at the situation in a year's time and it'd be completely different. But he's at May United. They've got a lot of good players, um, despite the problems that they've had on and off over recent years. And, you know, it's not as easy as it looks, obviously. And, and it actually puts me a little bit in mind of what Andy said about Gareth Bale. Look, we don't know what's going on with Gareth Bale. Has he got an injury that's impinging his ability to perform or has he got has he kind of fallen out of love with football? But well, what Andy said was, he just needs to play. He needs to play consistently. He needs to know he's going to start and play every game for about 10 But also play in the
0: league. Yeah, but like, he's not, not going to get that, some he? rubbish sort of League Cup and FA Cup games. Do you know what I mean? Like he Ooh, Slagging to play off the league. FA Cup.
2: Mm. No, I'm she not slagging reach. it off. But I'll he's, happily slag it off last night. It was absolutely Gareth shit. Gareth Bale,
0: though, isn't it? Like, a player <laughs> like Gareth Bale and... Like Van der Beek, they should be playing league games. You'd think, wouldn't you? Well,
1: the the thing with um the thing with Van der Beek, which I think is always gonna work against him with this United side, is is obviously you know Luke's talked about it, the, the Fernandes issue, but it's also the fact that United stumbled upon a way of playing where he's he's quite considered, he's quite a fluid mover, he'll move through like the three tiers of midfield or whatever. But United just don't really play like that and they play with a need to get rid of the ball quickly. So he does a lot of good work off the ball, but he's never found. And Solskjaer just thinks, well, you know, we could be in a situation. My worry yesterday was that I envisaged in a year's time, he's a make weight for another move, Mm. you know, like he's chucked in there as a bit of an add on.
2: Listen, you're always going to have a problem in modern football, particularly if you're in an attacking position. If you're not in, the, if you're not in the manager's first eleven, if the manager say, "What you have got to think of it is this yeah. way, right?" If if a manager is picking a team for a massive game, the biggest game of the season is he picking you or not? And if the answer is no, it's really hard to make an impact, particularly in the attacking positions, because in the defensive positions, someone gets injured, you'll get drafted, and you show you can do a good job, because it's ultimately um, a a reactive job to do. So keeping a clean sheet, doing the basic things properly, can make you look really good. If you do that as an attacking player, you look completely anonymous. It's difficult for him. And I also think... Jules, if I'm being totally honest, he's got a lovely face, a lovely fresh face, nice <laughs> smile. I felt really bad, as you've rightly said, when he realised his number came up last night. He did look like he had been called away early from the disco. He looked like <laughs> I looked when I would be playing out in the park and my mum would call my name and I'd pretend, pretend not to hear her for a while. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> the, game, the game was up, you know?
0: What, like last week did that happen?
2: It happens all the time. Uh, no, not, <laughs> not last week because I'm not allowed out now, actually, Jules. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, yeah, the
0: thing but... is, though, as well, is... Um, is- I mean, one of the reasons why the game was poor last night and why Man United were not able to attack as freely as, you know, we've got used to seeing them play this season is because West Ham defensively were so good, weren't they? You've already talked, Luke, about how good Declan Rice was and Thomas Socek. And then they had Mark Noble playing in there as well. But did anyone see Mark Noble, who is, you know, let's face it, he's one of the Premier League legends he's been playing at West Ham all his life and he's you know he's part of the furniture there and he got absolutely mugged off by Mason Greenwood did you see when he nutmegged
2: him <laughs> is it is it like uh, I do I did see it and I wondered how he felt about it is it like do you remember when um Vish you remember this I'm sure when Gary Neville it just became a game too far for him and he had that absolutely horrendous game was it against West Brom and I think he said later, oh, that was when I knew I had to retire. And his legs were just completely gone. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Robbie Savage has said that about his career at one point as well. Said, I, just, I just woke up one morning, I went to go and play in a game and I knew, I just knew. And <laughs> I'm not suggesting that, that, um, that Greenwood's ended his career. But I mean, if you're an older player, I'm speaking as an older person myself, the last thing you want to see is Mason Greenwood. Is <laughs> like, like, he's good um... with both feet, he's rapid. Do you know what I mean? It's just the last thing you want.
0: It really was. And then, you know, I actually started off my night watching the Burnley-Bournemouth game, which, by the way, if you didn't watch it, you didn't miss much, but um, (laughs) Bournemouth beat Burnley 2-0. I don't really know if you call it an upset. Bournemouth were in the Premier League last year, but it still is a championship side beating a Premier League side. So there's a tiny little bit of cup romance in there if we're stretching for it. Um, But I thought, well, this can't get much worse. The United game will be much better and I would actually have to say on the balance of things, I think the United game was probably worse. I don't know
2: about that. Worse. I don't know about that. I felt like no, there was a I, bit I more... I don't know. I thought there was a bit more jeopardy in the burnley Bournemouth game personally. And also we had Philip Billing assisted a penalty with his back.
1: Which is like you see all the time. That pretty sick,
2: yeah. That's decent, man. That was what the kids are calling a radical move. That was like pretty radical,
1: Vish. Yeah, yeah billing source bill source <laughs> yeah. bill tone. bill, bill source
0: that works better <laughs> bill yeah. that works way better
1: philip tone. yeah
0: <laughs> um but yeah team woodgate and red nap they you know they they're just slowly going about their business aren't they
2: just like that the nap signal went up as the guy said and and <laughs> you know you know i i think that um i, I don't want to be too harsh on <clears throat> burnley because I, I actually think that the three we're seeing in the, in the, in the relegation places for the Premier League are probably the three that are going to get relegated, right? I've said that for a few weeks now. Burnley Amen. are a, you know, a good number of points ahead of them, although they are in 17th. So their position looks, looks precarious, but I'm not sure if it is quite as precarious as people think. But the way that Burnley appeared to approach this game yesterday was quite amateurish. I mean, you see the stuff about how they had, a, had Eric Peters, who was ineligible, but they yeah. didn't realise. And it took for a Bournemouth representative to point it out to them. And then they yeah. get beaten quite quite handily, really, by a, a championship team, albeit a decent championship team. I don't think we should be seduced into thinking they're not very good because they just sacked their manager. I mean, they lost four in a row, I think, and Tyndall got the boot. I mean, they, they haven't been doing badly. It just seemed to me like a little... I mean, I know that if we're going to talk about Everyone just being fed up of football and, and all the rest of it. I do think there's a responsibility to approach a game professionally.
1: And I wonder <laughs> if that's actually happened last night. <laughs> they had quite a good chance to equal out. Like, what Regas, Mr. Sitter? Mm.
0: To be fair, Sean Dyche did say, like, the most important thing is us staying up. And although, Luke, you point out that it's likely that it's going to be those bottom three in the Premier League that do go down based on the points at this stage we all know how quickly things can change and how crazy this season has been. Like no one expected Brighton to beat Liverpool and Tottenham last week. Have I mentioned that yet? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I feel like all of those teams probably in the bottom six are still not feeling completely safe. So I can see why Sean Dyche has put the focus more on the league and and not necessarily on the cup. But as you say, I mean, putting a player in that wasn't even legible to play was pretty... uh, was pretty poor from them, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and, and I, I also think, you know, look, I'm going to stick my neck on the line here and just say that, you know, I just think Sean Dyche is a bit of a twat. And no! And he comes across as a bit of a bellend, in my opinion. Do you think? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah I Not think at all. so, yeah. Where this come from? I just think I he does. I
0: completely disagree. What do you mean? I think he's got
2: a massive bit of the old David Brent about him. And um, I also so David think... David Brent wasn't a twat. Well, okay. He was an idiot, but he wasn't as well. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I I, I get a bit turned off from this. uh, Dosh, isn't Dosh funny? Isn't he kind of wacky? All these mad press conferences he does. Just get on with your job, man. It's bullshit. (laughs) What, Luke? You're such
0: an old man. Also, can
2: I also say... Can I, okay, can I, can I follow up with the kind of semi-serious point? This is a keggy-esque one. I, <laughs> I
0: was not shoot. expecting this. This has gone... <laughs> no, yeah. Like, we were going down a straight road and this has taken a massive turn, <laughs> Can loop. I also
2: say, because I've kept pretty quiet up till now... <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I also say, though... Can I make a semi-serious point off the back of that, right? Is that, you know it gets pretty tedious when managers who have been Premier League managers now for, what is it? I mean, five of the last six seasons in Burnley's case and the last four seasons, don't forget, a couple of seasons ago, or three seasons ago, I think it was, they finished seventh in the league, Burnley, right? That this is a team that, that you know does have to kind of work out what it's doing because i would use the example of stoke city back in the day a number of years ago they they they, they play this quite bad football they don't score many goals they, they rely on their defending and the fans get fucking fed up of it the club gets fed up of it they fire tony pulis and um whatever happens happens ultimately mark hughes comes in and then whatever happens happens my point is just this Being a team of burnley size in the Premier League can, if you're not careful, form this kind of existential crisis where you don't know what you're for, right? And if all you talk about five years into being in the Premier League is the most important thing is just to stay in the Premier League to the point where you're not going to go try and win a cup or you're not going to go and try and win anything, it becomes just pointless. Your whole existence becomes pointless. You're just looking to go to 38 points every season, win whatever it may be, you know, 11 games and pick up some draws. And, and ultimately, I'm, I'm going to put the question back over to you guys and to the people listening. Like, what's the point of that? What, what do you want out of it? You know, is, is, is that enjoyable as a football fan?
0: No, it isn't. But I think that speaking from the perspective of a fan who supports a team that are in that bottom bit of the league, and yes, Brighton have been in the Premier League for, for less years than Burnley, but... It always is. That is always what you want. You want to be able to but stay Brighton up, have, But Brighton
2: have changed their style of play specifically exactly. for this purpose. That's,
0: that's what I was going to say. I was hmm. going to say the thing that as a football fan you want to see is that there is some kind of longevity, some kind of plan, some kind of something that gives you a bit of hope as a fan that you're going to be moving in the right direction. And I I think it's unfair, Luke, to say that Burnley haven't had that. They, As you mentioned, they finished seventh in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. And yes, they may have gone a little bit downhill this season, but what Sean Dyche was saying in terms of the FA Cup this year is that because of the position they're in, they have to focus on just staying in the league. That has to be their focus this time round. In previous seasons, they'll have had different ambitions and different focuses. And I just think you're being out of order, Luke. The man's got his face on the side of a pub.
1: (laughs) I love that that's your measure. That's your measure of our uh, success. I'm going to jump in the middle of you both here because I, I agree with you, Luke, on the um, on the thing about just... You, sh- you shouldn't toss off a... I probably should have chosen a different word there. You shouldn't, you shouldn't disregard the opportunity to win silverware when you've had so many years of, of treading water, as you say. Similarly, though, I think if you look at the plight of a lot of bigger teams, quote-unquote, who've gone down... And have stayed down and have capitulated. I'm thinking of Bolton in particular, that I reckon now more than ever, teams of Burnley stature are really wary of stretching beyond their means and just like fucking up a good thing that they have. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> That was that was disappointing. But just but. been
2: they've just been the subject of a takeover takeover and whacked a load of debt on them. Yeah, anyway, still, yeah, I mean, exactly. And they haven't been beyond the fifth round of the of the FA Cup in about twenty years. So I understand this season is a bit of a caveat because it's a bit of an anomaly. I I totally understand that, so fair enough. But let's not pretend they've really given the FA Cup a go before this.
1: No, you know no, I mean? I'm not. am I'm not, I'm not saying they have. But what I, and I I agree with you about like disregarding it. But I think. I, I, I'd be interested to hear what Burnley th- fans think having as I said before like seen oh, so many other teams pretty sure I'm going go to find out Raw. after that
0: <laughs> I feel like we've just allowed Luke a bit of therapy there Vish because I feel like he's got something massive <laughs> off his chest that he's been like you know keeping in for such a long know, time yeah. and he just unleashes this I really don't like Sean Dyche thing I'm, I'm thinking
2: Dyche. put it out there I'm just putting it out there I think, think you've that... done it I understand, you George. You you need to prep interview him occasionally, so you need to keep a keep a poker face about this. But I think if Vishla parabolics about him, he'd
1: tell me the same
0: thing. I genuinely really like him. I genuinely
1: like the guy. I don't I don't mind that. I think what I would say is I don't I just have no reason to be wound up about him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, we're gonna take a break. After this though, we've got some Warnock love. You better stick around.
1: Karnov's award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, is available to listen to now. After securing Premier League survival last season, Ashwood City have a new boss. The new manager,
2: Sven Goran Eriksson. I am delighted to be the new head coach at Ashwood City Football Club.
1: But unfortunately, the same old chief executive. Oh, fuckity, fuckity, fuck. Stupid comments from an ex-player chanting make Ashwood great again. Big fucking deal. You know, if he thinks that any of those empty words have had even the slightest impact on Patrick Nolan, MBE, then he is dreaming. Stupid, big, idiot, twat, fucking wank, wank. Follow Ashwood City on and off the pitch every Premier League match week. I can't even get easy peelers in my local m s at the moment, Sven, let alone a fullback from from Real Sociedad. I
2: just have a list of players I'd like to bring into your squad.
1: <sighs> OK, well, let me know when you have a list of players you'd like to bring out of the squad. Described by The Guardian as a must-listen for football fans. We lied about the corona test result. We isolated our two informed players to stop them playing for England. And now we've asked Man City Football Club to bribe the Premier League on our behalf. I didn't actually ask them to. I asked if they wanted to. It's the same fucking thing. Search The Offensive on your favourite podcast player and listen now.
0: If it was me, I would say... And I tried to score that goal and would be a candidate to the Puskas Award. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's now time for
1: this. Right, we've got an email from Walter Townsend. Two words, that, yeah? that
2: cannot be a real person. <laughs> what a great
1: name. Hearing your story about your Hamilton commentator, he's become our Hamilton commentator. Yeah, yeah we, we hired him. Yeah, yeah the guy who I just talks about a- taking a shit. <laughs> I can feel a pang of sympathy for your man, having been myself in something of a similar predicament as an aspiring commentator some 10 years ago. I was working in the depths of night and had been given an assignment to commentate on a Liga MX match in Mexico, between Jaguares. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, and Pachua, When I managed to get one, wanted to go one better and get both teams mixed up with each other.
2: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's the best. that is the the one job you've got yeah. to do right. You need to know where the teams are as if you going to be
1: this was my first ever Mexican game, so I hadn't got my sources sorted, and pre-match I'd found a team sheet from ESPN, which seemed like a reasonably reliable source. Interestingly, ESPN gave both teams as unchanged from their previous matches, and since both teams had lost in their last outing, it struck me as a bit odd... Teams took to the field, one in orange, presumably Jaguares. my rudimentary Spanish informing me this referred to this large, spotty cat that lived in the jungle in South America, (laughs) and another donning a garish purple affair. Matters took a turn for the worse after five minutes, the team in orange scored, and I called the goal as 1-0 to (laughs) Jaguares. Thus, the the number nine that I thought had scored was supposedly Jackson Martinez, he of Porto and Atletico Madrid fame. Except he'd been out for five months with ligament damage and would be expected <laughs> to be missing for a while. The score on the TV graphic showed 0-1 to Pachua. This would make more sense as their number nine had been in hot, red-hot form. It then dawned on me that the team in Orange wasn't Aguarius, but in fact, Pachua, disaster. I gather <laughs> I caused a significant wobble in the betting markets Oh, wow. with the incorrect goal call. Worse was to follow two days later when I had been pre-booked um, prior to the Mexican disaster, to commentate on Al-Ali of the UAE <laughs> versus Iranian side Estegal in the how Asian did he get Champions these jobs? Yeah, I How did he get no, these yeah. jobs? More of a charlatan than I
2: am. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if this is the standard, I'm not being rude to Walter, but if this is the standard, I would have fucking gone for this. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd have gone at it. <laughs> uh,
1: I started in confident form an early goal to Al-Ali, the hosts. I called confident it would confident it would be 1-0. You can imagine my horror when the TV graphic shows the goal was not one Oh no, not <laughs> again, I repeated the Walter. same mistake? I checked the score, but it made sense. He was on the team sheet, he was an attacker. Five seconds passed, 10 seconds passed, I was silent. Praying, hoping and despairing, and then, joy of joys, the graphic on the TV disappeared and reappeared, confirming my initial decision had been right. Oh, thank it was God 1 0 Al Ali, and the Arabic speaking TV graphic operator, who naturally read right to left, had forgotten to take this into account. Oh, okay, nice. Uh... I gathered from a fellow freelancer it was a common mistake, but for 30 seconds, my nascent commentary career was vanishing <laughs> before my eyes. I suffered seven different hells in that oh. half minute, and swear it's taken a life off me. And now work in IT. <laughs> what do you do in IT, Walter? I'm just gl- I'm, do
0: you know what? I'm just glad that um, he didn't get sacked for having a shit because I thought that's where this story was going.
2: I thought it was... By the way, can I just reiterate as well? And thanks for sharing that story, Walter. Um, if you could share some of your mishaps in your world, the world of IT, that would also be amazing. Maybe you you, kind of, you, know, you completely erase the entire company's computers. or I don't know. But can I also just say reiterate my point I, th- I hope i made it last week clear enough i thought it was absolutely ridiculous that a man was fired for talking about having a shit at time. he didn't even swear he didn't even swear yeah, why jobby. are we so prudish about it
0: i'm not prudish about it i've heard but... you talk
2: about it on bt sport all the time joel yeah you're constantly going on about it
1: aren't you yeah.
0: i definitely don't but i'm with you though on that i don't I'm not really sure if it's a reason to be sacked, is it? Well, I He was think probably that, just you know, Bob, trying to bring a bit of humour to it more than anything and trying to kind of make a point of why he was running late, I guess. Bobby but.
2: Bullock, a.k.a. Jobby Bullock, um, should... if Jobless Bullock. He, yeah, <laughs> he's listening to this. He's thinking, hang on a minute, there's a guy there who's got the teams wrong and he's not been fired. <laughs> he got given another job straight yeah. after. So I, I, feel, I feel sorry for Jobby, that's all I'm saying
1: call yeah. him choppy
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do too. Um, we love your stories though. Keep those coming into to us. Email us show at footballramble.com. Or of course, if you uh, tend to use the Twitter, then yeah. uh, why not send us a message on Twitter as well? Uh, right, let's move on and talk about our favourite man, Neil Warnock. He's back at it again. He is back at it with just just gold he just continues to provide us with gold and this is why we are happy that he has a job as a football manager but this week he took things to a whole nother level he's the manager of Middlesbrough in case you didn't know but he went to an under 23s game and was watching the under 23s and this happened
1: consistent
2: refe. don't give them all day man hey, hey. you get one, one in here for fuck all and then that one in here
0: Yes, that is Neil Warnock effing and blinding an under-23s game, Luke. I mean... This is, this is so Warnock, isn't it?
2: It is. And I think, you know I, really, you know, I don't want to get involved in the kind of, oh, yeah, you hate dice, but you love Neil Warnock. Um, <laughs> Neil Warnock is problematic as well for some, some other reasons. But but the, but the thing is, I <laughs> we've had a weekend in the Premier League where a referee has had to take himself off... Um, Matches because of the situation and the beauty stuff, which is awful. It should never ever happen. And is it fair to say Neil Warnock hasn't read the room?
1: (laughs) I I think that's I think that's very fair. I did think this because I was like, you know, it's funny that. An old man who looks like Lynn from Alan Partridge is swearing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that all day. <laughs> That'll always be funny. <laughs> um yeah. I'm we'll sure the actor playing
2: Lynn, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was to gonna you. say that. <laughs> but
1: the um but yeah, like why is he having a a referee in an under 23 there? And that seemed like a bit of a big bollock move, to be honest. Like he was rocking up, I'm Neil Warnock. I can I reckon I can I can affect this game from the side by not being any part of it and just mouthing off. But um, Always always funny to hear Northerners swearing, yeah I, I love all that Scottish people are good at swearing as well, but Scottish yes, people are the best at it they are it's a the bit, best, um, at it. it was it was a bit odd, yeah, what was he doing there? I suppose he' was just looking at the next generation, wouldn't he, but yeah
0: yeah, and exactly. abusing them
1: <laughs> <laughs> basically vocally abusing anyone he comes into contact with
0: yeah he th- I mean, the thing is with Neil Warnock is that he's a bit of a cult hero, isn't he, and he just continues a what hero. Just- cult <laughs> <football> <laughs> hero
1: yeah.
0: uh, he continues to just bring a lot of light to football in a bit of a dark time doesn't he because he's always forever amusing i mean even after being battered at the weekend by brentford
1: 4-1 which is that on he... his own at home <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like not... you, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you just picturing Neil Warnock getting battered at home yeah yeah,
1: yeah. doing as I on do just like posting a, a, posting a bottle of wine on Instagram and just necking it but the thing is um, Neil
2: Warnock's getting battered at home on his own is more honest because he's not showing off about it on social media he's just doing it if he, I mean I don't even know if he is doing it but if he is yeah, doing Vish. it whereas Vish <laughs> is doing it clearly to try and be a bit cool isn't he Jules
1: 100% yeah Look, I, look I, can, I can help you out. Jules, you wanted some cookies. Luke, you wanted some cookies. I can, I can hook you up. You just, you just got to ask nicely. That's all I've <laughs> I'll never ask you ask nicely for anything.
0: <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, back to back to Warnock. He said after that defeat at the weekend against Brentford that I don't think I've ever been as satisfied with a defeat. They lost 4-1. He said, I look at what we've got now and where we were and I'm quite excited. And then he said, listen, I'll give them a rollicking if they need one. But I said to them after the game, I can't fault any of them. Uh, So, yeah, instead he just goes and uh, shouts loads of swear words in an under-23s game. He's
2: uh, He's getting his anger out somewhere. Because I'll I'll blow off some steam elsewhere later on. Wait and see is what he's basically (laughs) saying.
1: Should we be a little bit worried for him? He's he's chuffed with the defeat. It doesn't sound like the Neil Warnock we all know and love. Um, he rocks up at a game he's not involved with to shout at people. Yeah. Is, he, can... uh, is everything all right?
2: He he He's basically the author of one of the bo- the most amazing shouts in the history of football when I think it was... I'm hopefully going to get this detail right. I think it was when he was manager of Cardiff. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Cardiff played... Um, Cardiff played Spurs, and there was a horrendous tackle by, um, I want to say, Joe Rules, I think, on one of the Spurs players, and he got sent off. I'm oh, so. yes, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And, and after the game, Neil Warnock said he disagreed with the sending off because it's not as though, quote unquote, he endangered the life of the player. It's
1: like, that's not, the, that's not the laws, Neil.
2: That's not the fucking parameters. Oh, it didn't, you know, to be fair, if you're endangering the life of a fellow player, then you might get sent off. It's never been the law. Oh. It's mad. So the guy is completely insane, generally, anyway. I like, I, I do, one thing I would say for him, I know he is box office, that's why we love him. Uh, but one thing I would say, it is quite amazing that, with that I mean, this is with the most respect possible. That at, his age, at his age, he's still got this passion for the game so much. Like Because he talked a while ago about how that job would be his last job and all the rest of it. But he still obviously mm. absolutely loves it. And he's got a burning passion for it. And I, I do I do admire that on one level.
0: Yeah. No, I do as well. And so I'm fed up with this shit
2: and I'm only 40. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, look, I'm glad that it's you two today and that Pete's not here because we're going to talk a bit about Liverpool's training ground again. Right. And Did you hear and, uh, yesterday's
1: show? He chucked me under the bus with Leeds again. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did it. He doesn't want to be. You know what it
0: is. He doesn't want to be in it alone, fish, That's the problem. He threw no.
1: himself under the bus and he dragged me. But to be fair, I would, I would jump under a bus with. Um, with Pete. Oh,
2: Pete with would 100% you? for himself under the bus at any opportunity. This is a man on our, one of our Patreon exclusive shows who was asked to do his dream career and the two things he listed within that dream career that he could choose himself was that he had a life, a, a, a career-threatening broken leg and ended up dead at 42. So <laughs> he, if, if he he, chose that. So if, if he's definitely going to chuck himself under a bus, Vish, whether you're involved or not, I think.
1: Yeah, if, you yeah. know when your parents used to ask you, "Oh, if so and so jumped out, jumped off uh, you know, a, cliff. Jumped a cliff, off a cliff, would you, would you do it them, as well?" Yeah. I, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'd have, probably, <laughs> I'd have probably told him to do it first. Oh, well, that looks fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's hear what you think about uh, the latest news from Liverpool's training grounds. So, they're auctioning off a selection of. I guess you call it memorabilia from Melwood. Yeah. Um, 450 Tats, yeah. items, to be specific, <laughs> um, are being sold. Um, let me list you some of the things that they've got. Uh, framed photos of some of their former managers, including Roy Hodgson and Brendan Rodgers. They retail at around about 100 to £150, pounds if you're interested. I do you're
2: going to get a buyer for the Roy Hodgson one. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. And that'll really test the motto of you'll never walk alone to its very limit, I think. <laughs>
0: Uh, signs from changing room B, maintenance office and cleaner store. I mean, why would you want one of those? Uh, there's also a painting of Jurgen Klopp playing a guitar in a heavy metal rock band <laughs> up for grabs. I don't even know why that even exists. Have you um, seen it?
1: No, have se- have no seen I haven't. It? Good Lord. It's, it's What is it? I don't know how to describe it beyond the fact that like, it's something like a divorced dad would buy of themselves and think, fuck, f- f- I look pretty banging in here. It is, but
0: why was it even done? Not, I don't know. Story it's like a Jed
1: it? Maxwell level, you know, bit of...
2: Oh, I have seen it. Is it, is it him putting like a really angry face with a Liverpool black t-shirt on?
1: Yeah, so it's all, it's all yeah. like black and white. Yeah, it's, uh, it's staggering, yeah. Which you tweeted out because it's, it's nonsense.
2: It's, the link would be the fact that he famously said that these teams play heavy metal football, right? Mm, yeah. That's the link. Oh. Um, but I, the, the thing is, so... Liverpool, I'm not going to get much sympathy from Vish here, but I think it is worth pointing out because if I'm going to have the, the legions of Burnley fans on my back this week, I don't really want the legions of Liverpool fans on my back as well because their army is much more massive. But the um, the the thing is, Liverpool are a storied historic club, right? So I can totally understand. I don't know if they're auctioning this, this stuff off for charity or not. I mean, if they are good for them. I totally understand that like, there will be some items of interest there. And there's some items of, of kind of usefulness as well. It would be quite cool if you're of that persuasion to have, for example, a clock from the Liverpool training ground on your kitchen wall or something, if that's what you're into, right? I totally understand that. It, it's when I, when, I, when I leave that camp and join the Vishwantharaja slash Pete Dawson camp, is when I see things being sold like a Nivea for men shelving unit and a Liverpool hand sanitizer dispenser, that I start <laughs> thinking mmm... I'm not sure about this. This seems a bit conceited to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, there's like a. There's the wooden panel wall which has um, all of Liverpool's trophies across it, which is really cool. But that is kind of price. I think that's the that's got the highest asking price so far. Um, or you know they're all are all lots, aren't they? But that's the one of the highest ones. But then there's also like some discarded headphones which they think are Jurgen Klopp's. Like, does, I'm not sure. they, they, found it like in they his his drawer. might not be. But Jules,
2: yeah. what Jules, what would you so for example, if this happened with Brighton, what would you be interested in buying? Nothing, to be honest. No. Um <laughs> Well, I've just thought it funny, but I, I've seen I've seen the decor in your house and it's not that tasteful, so
0: Ah <laughs> Leave my little leopard print cushion alone. This is <laughs> lovely. <Lord>. Um <laughs> You knew something leopard print would
2: be nearby 100 percent always.
0: Um, no, on a serious note, I do think that certain things that, you know, I mean, I get, I can see what you're saying in terms of the memory and if you're of that persuasion why you'd maybe want something from Melwood. And likewise, if maybe if there was something from, you know, Brighton that I'd want, maybe. I don't know. I don't really know where it would go. Derek But, but <laughs> yeah. just, just have him in my house, yeah. just looking cute. Yeah, <laughs> um, but... No, I do have a a weird story from when I was uh, growing up and I I was such a boy band freak. Like I like loved boy bands. Um, Backstreet Boys, number one. But A1, I went to see do a show.
1: Yeah. Remember remember A1? They did a gig.
0: (laughs) They did a gig in Topshop on Oxford Street downstairs. Like, which sounds so weird thinking about it now because it would just never happen. And at the end of the show, (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling this story. I um I basically took Ben from A1's water bottle off the stage and took it home and I had it for about I'm not joking about 5 years. <laughs> Until like I moved house and I was like, why do I even have Ben from A1's water bottle here still? We'll get, I and it was we like half full. I, I never opened it, I just had it in my like wardrobe. I don't know. I why.
2: reckon what well, we could probably I mean, I don't mean to be rude to Ben, I'm not sure what he's up to now, but I'm fairly certain he might be after some work. So we could probably get him on the show if you want to. <laughs> Please do.
0: Would don't. you still be excited? How- Utterly embarrassing, is that? Um, so yeah, I am one for keeping memorabilia if um, if that's where we're going with this. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Probably not now. I was about well, uh, 30. I, I do. Then. Th- I
2: do think there's a couple of things like worth mentioning. Like, like first of all, it's a point, a point. It's a point of principle. If you were to take Liverpool are an iconic club, right? So no matter how much we take the piss out of them, or you want to kind of be rivals with them, or whatever, they're an iconic club. For example, this isn't involved because this is from the training ground, obviously. But, for example, that This Is Anfield sign, if that went up for auction, that that would fetch millions of pounds. Yeah, it would. Something
0: like that's pretty special, though, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, like-
2: but there are a couple of things in there which would be quite interesting. It's like a flip chart with um, some like tactical handwritten notes and stuff from Jürgen Klopp, and there's the tactics board that's going up as well. Like, I totally understand. If you're a football obsessive and you've got a little kind of football garage or a little... What's, what's it? People have the bars in their houses these days, but they put their kind of football yeah. things up. Good for them. That would be a fantastic thing if you could afford it. And if the money's going to charity, which I'm not sure... It does. It does, it does. okay. All
0: the money does go right, to so charity. Right, so it's a
2: good thing, but I just yeah. don't think the Roy Hodgson photo will have any takers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: You never know. He, Hey, he might retire sometime soon. He's getting mm. on, isn't he? So mm. something like that would probably be quite something special for him. I a think he's Hudson got
1: one fan. more stint at Liverpool in him before he retires. <laughs> I think that's being bought for dartboard purposes. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that, you know, speaking yeah, to Liverpool fans around that time, I think they... Um, not too fondly of the. I old. thought you were
0: going to launch into a. You know what? I've been hibernating something like Luke has. I hate Roy Hodgson.
2: Yeah, he, should be, he should
1: be hibernating the little owl, shouldn't he? <laughs> oh, Fish, Q, Fish, he? you
2: hate. Um, you do hate Liverpool, though, don't you? So it's kind of similar.
1: No, I mean I don't hate Liverpool. It's just like, a bit annoying, aren't they? <laughs>
0: Luke, stop trying to get Burnley fans off your back, and stop trying to get people hating Vish today. You've done. You've yeah. done it. You've. You've planted your seed, you've and re- they're coming for you.
1: Yeah, you've read all these little army books of how like people go around and try and negotiate to get different different armies to work for them, and you're trying to use <laughs> that tactic in the ramble and I don't like it. Sorry, bitch, I can
2: tell you're a military expert by the way you phrase <laughs> that. That's
1: what I did. I walked into a bookshop. If you got those
2: little, little, little army books, they get those little <laughs> armies to move around. What are you talking about? This is like the mind of
1: a maniac. I, well, I, th- I thought army, but all my reference points were Lord of the Rings. You know when they go, <laughs> you know when they go to the elves and the goblins and like, right, <laughs> yeah. you're going to fight for us, and we're going to Get the, yeah. the the monster blokes in the in the little hole. I don't think
2: you find elves and goblins on the same side. Thanks very much, Riff. You've embarrassed <laughs> yourself there. Jules, take it away.
0: Uh, I know nothing about Lord of the Rings, so I'm going to move this swiftly ben on. Ben provided one was
1: in it. He was in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. You're okay. actually a bit right. elfish, actually. Yeah, you are.
0: Excuse me. You're
1: yeah. a bit elfish, yeah. Elvish. Right. It's Elvish.
0: Oh. Um, let's talk tonight's <laughs> FA Cup very briefly because I know the guys tomorrow will do a lot of this. Um, but just to preview four matches in the FA Cup tonight, let's hope they're better than the ones we saw yesterday. Uh, all playing for a place in the quarterfinals. We've got Swansea Man City, Leicester against the Mighty Seagulls. I'm going to that game, so looking forward to that. Lucky me. Um, Sheffield United against Bristol City. Everton Spurs, probably the pick of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, but on Swansea Man City, this was an amazing game a couple of seasons ago when Graham Potter was actually the manager of Swansea Um, but the reason I want to talk about Swansea Man City is we could potentially see Manchester City goalkeeper Edison take a penalty because for some reason Manchester City can't score penalties Luke they've had three different players miss a penalty already this season Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne and then Gundogan against Liverpool at the weekend and Edison is meant to be unbelievable at pens and this is something that's been floated around for ages I really want to see it. Yeah. Apparently, he hits the ball with so much power, and I'd be frankly terrified if I was the other side y- of that.
2: Yeah, I don't. I, I think it has to, this is something for the for the future of football itself depends on. The, he has to do it. He has to do it. He is <laughs> the Maximus to. Decimus Meridius of football in this country now. He has to do it. Like Pep has to be like um, the emperor and tell him you've got to do it. And, and Edison's <laughs> going to say, "I never wanted to take penalties." That's why it has to be you, Edison. You've got to do it. The future of football depends on it. If I watch this game tonight and uh, Man City get a penalty, Edison doesn't take it. I'll be fuming. I'll be angrier than, than this, and I will be just generally with Sean Dash. There's no excuse. <laughs> those, those penalties that you miss, Mrs. you've listed there, have all of those missed the target as well?
0: Um I can't remember Kevin De Bruyne's but Gundogan's and Sterling's definitely did. Yeah,
2: they weren't even they didn't even force a save from the goalkeeper. Yeah. So the the problem is I think the reason that um people are reticent to let a goalkeeper take one obviously is because if it is saved the keeper's stranded, right? But if he's that good Yeah, but then that makes it all the more fun. Yeah, but not for Man City.
1: No, to be fair, let's make that yeah, absolutely clear.
0: Yeah, but just stick, stick Diaz back there, you know, he'll just, you know, pick yeah. up a player by the head and move them along if they get anywhere near the goal. They just all
1: lie down. They could all, everyone not involved yeah. in the penalty <laughs> could all lie down yeah, on yeah, each yeah, other, couldn't yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. It, it on the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's, I, I, that's I, the I, thing though, like this is, we're now in the perfect storm, aren't we? Because for De Bruyne, Sterling and Gundogan to miss penalties, and now for us to having this conversation, this is the closest we're going to get to it now. Well, so what he could do. If it he doesn't go, happen, it's not going to happen.
2: Vish, he could go even better yeah. than that because Zach Steffen's played a lot of cup games this season. He could play Zach Stefan in goal, play Edison in midfield, and get it's Edison an to take player. penalties from a midfield position. That would be incredible. Do
1: you remember that? Oh do you remember God. that GB hockey bloke who only used to come on for the penalty corners? Sean Curley. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Edison, <laughs> create that role.
0: I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. And uh, it would be a sensational thing for FPL as well because we have been waiting for years for a goalkeeper to take penalties for all those extra points and he will be straight in my basket if that happens (laughs) in the FA Cup. Um, Right, the guys are going to be talking more about that tomorrow. Vish, you're back with Marcus and Andy tomorrow. So enjoy that. You get to sit through four more FA Cup games tonight and find interesting things to say about them. Um, That's all from us. Lovely to see your faces as always. And if you guys have enjoyed the show today, please make sure you leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts um it's really great in terms of new listeners any newbies out there who haven't heard the football ramble before to be able to find us um so we'd love if you could do that for us leave us a five-star review it'll really help us out um luke lovely to see you good luck with all the abuse on twitter that's coming your way
2: yeah i just i've just deleted twitter from my bookmarks on my laptop (laughs) so i won't be doing it for the rest of the week thank you very much Uh, see you later
0: See you later, Luke. Vish, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the cricket, and I'll see you soon.
1: Cricket's over, but thank you for caring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take care, guys. Thanks for listening. See you soon.
1: This was a Stakhanov production and part of the
2: Acast Creative Network.